I find something something that I find very interesting because people talk about this connection. We couldn't really explain it um, on a, physio- a physiological level. So I looked it up and not really that surprisingly, it's about oxytocin. So oxytocin is our love hormone um, and it's connecting people as well. Uh, but what I wanted to find out is exactly what is actually going on when we go into the cold. What it, why is it that is this scenery of going into the cold water and going into the sauna makes this special bond between people? Because, I mean, we can get an increase in serotonin in other ways as well, but people don't get like uh, silly socially uh, in, in that in, in that regards. <laughs> so I looked it up and what I found was that it actually activates the brown fat as well. Uh, and when going into the cold, that activates uh, the oxytocin. So when we go into the cold water, it activates uh, oxytocin and that activates also the brown fat. So you will have not only an increase in oxytocin, but you also get warmer. And as soon as you get warmer physically, but also emotionally, this will bond people. Welcome to Happy Pair Podcast. We are really honored that you are here. Genuinely, we really, really are. This podcast is where we explore health, happiness, community connection, and really follow our curiosities in terms of how we can apply different things to make our lives better. So welcome, Steve here. Sarah here. Ralph here. And Dave here. This is four of us. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I have to conclude Ralph considering he's... Yeah, of course. Ralph is Sarah's little baby that's um, looking almost just so content on your lap. Yeah, he's like three months or something. He's dressed as a little dinosaur right now, aren't you, Ralph? So if you hear any grunting, that's Ralph. That's Ralph, looking yeah. for a boob. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you too, you, did you give up meat at the same time as you gave up alcohol? Um, alcohol first. Was it? Yeah. They were kind of in tandem. It was all It's too hard. Like it was 20 years ago. So more yeah. than 20 years, it's kind of hard to know which, which came first. Like it really is. It was like it was, it was an unfolding and I can't really remember. I think it was more going away like I, we both went away traveling separately and we had I, I remember I you gave up alcohol before me and I remember you were in South Africa and you gave up alcohol and then I remember I was meeting you in Canada at our auntie and uncle's and I remember I was drinking beer and you weren't and I remember being kind of like look at you being all pious Dave not fucking drinking I was all resentful no and then it was only later on maybe a couple of months later that I was off at a meditation retreat and I did a kind of 10 day silent meditation retreat and it was after that I was like no, I'm giving up alcohol now. This is it. That's it. I'm going to get Dave. I want to be left. But it, with it Dave. was probably three or four months. Ahead. You were three or four months ahead of me. It took you ten like, days of sitting in silence to think. Days I'm going to stop. I don't need this thing. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, so I beat you there. But the wait, to, I'm just thinking it's like twenty years ago. Like now, you hear a lot of people who are you know giving up meat or giving up alcohol or both or whatever. But twenty years ago, it's like way to really ostracize yourselves. Not only definitely. am I giving up drink, but I'm also giving up meat in Ireland. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be popular. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't going to be popular. This ain't part of the popularity contest. Yeah, and no, like no. Christmas just gone. Like, what what did you find the first Christmases that you did? Um, I, I think, think we, we were... sat at the kids table It was always like <laughs> Mom and dad certainly didn't accept it For the first five years at least I'm so, not sure Ismay does Oh no, now it's a vegan Christmas And has been for the last like seven years For 20, <laughs> 25 people So it's full acceptance She's grand with it But for the first good few years There was the kiddie table And there was Dara and me and Steve Were down there with the kids You know, we were on the second class citizen bus You know Because <laughs> we weren't eating turkey and ham Just give them you know. some like boiled potatoes Yeah no. And similarly I think being twins You just had this little like a, a mini little force field or little fortress that you had each other, that you were less, you had your own community, that you were less vulnerable or exposed as if you didn't have a twin. So it kind of gave us each that support system, which made it our Well, you kind of had to buddy. ensure that you did everything together. So it's like, oh, well, he's also vegan. And um, yeah, yeah, made it. my drink. mirror, yeah. my mirror, exactly. <laughs> so like, oh, so obviously it was so different then, but now, you know, in your... Um, you know, you've all these health courses and lifestyle courses in your app and stuff like that, which is all promoting not eating meat or ever. Do you get any common questions from people who are kind of like, how would you uh, go about giving up meat and... Giving up alcohol or whatever? And what well, the thoughts maybe that? meat I was thinking now, but like alcohol as well. I think it's like... you're th- more about the meat, like eat more veg and you're... Eat more veg. And I think and as consciously almost our message would be to eat more veg because, you know, it's almost like when you go head on at these issues, you can really press people's buttons. So you're much better about encouraging people to eat more meat and eat or eat more veg and eat more whole foods and kind of crowd it out. And on that journey, hopefully understand like some of the bigger issues and find the levers which might make you, you know, eat less of it and maybe get to the point where you 
don't need it at all. But like, there is no destination. It really is like, because, yeah, I just don't think, I don't think it's as binary as, as yeah. black and white. Like, I don't think everyone should be vegan, you know, because it's just about eating more whole foods and eating more veg and moving in that direction and kind of accepting one of the more because when there's this division and this angst and this fight and then you're in this camp and I'm in this camp and we're, we're all the same. We're all humans that are doing our best and I think these V words are very exclusive. Any thoughts, Here, Steve? No, I think you're right. Okay. Here, I'm just here. looking at Ralph. He looks so cute. He's sitting on his little yeah, Ralph again. top now. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he really is. He's front and centre. If you're on the video podcast, you'll actually see him here. He's very cute. Sarah's Ralphie. Um, but today's podcast is with the wonderful Suzanne. Well, I was going to ask you, oh, before you jump in there, because, you know, if you're, would you ever look at then substituting things? And, you know, because now that you obviously see swim and you get like such a hit and get, is it like... Does it work as a substitute for, say, the nights that you would have had in the pub or, I th- I think, you know? Yeah, I think it's more like it gives that opportunity to have that social outlet or that party or that huge buzz of life. But you don't have hangovers and you don't forget who you were. You know the way when you're drunk, sometimes you do things you wish you didn't do and the next day there's kind of shame and embarrassment and like, oh, I'm guilt following you around. That. Whereas... When you don't drink and you have your parties, we typically will have our parties on the beach at sunrise with our friends. And, you know, we find in this podcast here today with uh, Dr. Susanna Soberg just about how it increases more oxytocin by cold exposure and hot exposure. And similarly, when you have these parties, you come back feeling just drunk on life and drunk on just a celebration and the fun. And maybe I was going to say, there's that sense of self. And maybe when you're 20, you think that you need to drink alcohol and you need to be the one eating most burgers and the one that can eat the most amount of meat and drink the most amount of pints. And then people will think I'm great. And then people will be my friend and they'll they'll think I'm lovely and whatever. And I think it's more that journey of realising that, okay, well, I've got to love myself first and I prefer myself when I'm not hungover. And I do less stupid things when I don't drink alcohol and I don't find meat really fills, I don't find it, it's like the best for the planet. And when I look at the health things, I don't think it's the best for the health. I just do it because it's socially acceptable and everyone else does it. So I think on our journey, we realised these things and was like, right, okay, well, I just got to love myself this way. And if I can love myself this way, well, then others will probably follow. Follow and do the same. I'm yeah. sure they have. Yeah. To some there degree, you have you heard a, a kind of loud ripping noise? That was uh, Ralph. <laughs> oh, Ralph! <laughs> yeah, just letting us all burning know what rubber he over there in the corner. Burning rubber. Vegan Ralph. I really enjoy that, Sarah. He this, is a vegan Ralph. He is. What's your well, breast we milk. Yeah, 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 there you yeah. go. Breast milk. There you have it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, this week's podcast guest, go for it. Yeah, this week's podcast guest is with wonderful Susanna Soberg. She is a scientist and doctor who is came out with the Soberg principle, which is about brown fat. She has found that through eleven minutes of cold exposure a week and 57 minutes of sauna you increase your body's capacity to produce brown fat and brown fat is the healthy fat that surrounds our organs which has been found to increase our metabolism to lower improve our insulin resistance to release chemicals and hormones in our brains that make us feel good so it's really really beneficial and she's done clinical trials to prove that cold exposure and it really is it, it like we've swam in the sea for eight years um at dawn on a daily basis and, and the beauty of this podcast is it explains the why not just with lovely big adjectives such as we love it it's great i feel grateful i feel happy i feel exuberant i feel all these things but she breaks it down to a scientific and physiological level as to what's happening and why it's good for you yeah, so she's based in Denmark and swims in the sea and she's author of a wonderful, wonderful book. book called Winter Swimming, The Nordic Way Towards a Healthier and Happier Life. And she is a sea swimmer herself and we get into the aspect, like we talk all about the brand fight, which was fascinating and then we talk about community and uh, And about feeling happier. Yeah. We love running. It's something that we've done all our lives and a great way for when we feel stressed or feel tensed or feel a little down, going out for a run we find can really replenish our soul. Yeah, when we travel, we that's what we end up doing. We end up, first thing we get off a plane or a car or whatever, always want to go for a run like a pair of dogs. Just makes us feel good. Releases chemicals in our brain. Anyway, back a few years ago, a friend gave us a pair of shoes, said these shoes are going to change your life, lads. And they have done. They're barefoot shoes. They're called Vivo Barefoot. We've worn nothing but them for the last six years. And I found them to be wonderful. They really have enhanced my foot strength. And subsequent research has shown that by wearing Vivo Barefoot shoes over in a matter of months, you'll increase your foot strength by 60%. The muscles in it actually build. There's a wide toe box so you can spread your, your toes out, which will encourage more grip and you're less likely to develop um, bunions. And they have minimal soles. So that means two male soles. So super, super low. And which means that you've got, it really helps with your alignment. You know, if you think about it, your feet are the foundation of your body. Your feet, your knees sit on top of that. 
heart, then your hips, then your spine, and then your head. So it all starts with your foundation, with your feet. So when your feet are flat on the ground, it really, really helps. I've certainly found in myself, my feet are stronger. My alignment is better. I used to get pains in my knees from yoga, from doing the lotus position. I don't get them anymore. Anecdotal, I know. But uh, we, we are absolute believers in them. They're a B Corp company. They're all about sustainability and doing their best. And we've partnered with them to give you a 15% discount. So if you're interested in trying Barefoot Shoes this year, we'd highly recommend you try in Vivo. If you one, use the code HAPPYPAIR15 at checkout. One really cool part is that there's no risk. They're often a 100-day return policy. So you can order them, avail your 15% discount, and then 100 days later go, nah, not for me, and return them. No questions asked. So. And they have full range for kids, for adults, for going to the office. For We wear the hiking boots on the farm all the time. They're great. They're like worker boots. And we run in them. We ran 50 kilometers there in their trail running shoes there a few months ago. And uh, yeah, they're great anyway. So happy pair 15 is the code to use at checkout if you ever want to check them out. VivoBarefoot.com. Well, first and foremost, it's it's wonderful to have you here, Susanna. It really, really is. And uh, we are big fans of what you do, genuinely. Oh. So. And your book. Thank your you book so. is glorious. It beautiful. really, really is. Beautiful. And the beautiful thing is that it's very in-depth and hugely scientific and also makes a beautiful kind of accessible tabletop book that kind of lures you in through its beauty. And then when you look at the research, you're like, wow, there's a lot of substance to this because there's beautiful photos just throughout the book just to really lighten the tone and kind of make it feel more accessible. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And uh, I really love your podcast. So I was immediately saying yes, because I was like, these guys, I love what you do. And uh, and I think that you are completely the right persons to uh, to read the book and also talk to your audience, because I know that a lot of winter swimmers, so ice swimmers are following you. So I think it's you have the right audience. Also, I think they, they would love to hear what we have to say about this. So and thank you for uh, for also uh, mentioning my book because that is actually exactly what I wanted to do with the book. I want it to be easy to read, um, even though all the science behind it is is pretty difficult and very much go into depth with uh, physiology and the biochemistry of it. But I think that I have spent a lot of time like trying to get down to the point and like taking this. Uh, out in a way where people can understand in a really easy way and also practical way. So, yeah, giving away the key messages, uh, yeah, I hope. Yeah. yeah, well done. And it's now in something like 16 languages. Like wh- when you wrote it, did you just expect, did you have any expectation from it or did you just kind of want to write a nice book about cold exposure from your research? And <laughs> did you have expectation or did it just kind of unfold <laughs> in this glorious Walt well. Disney type fashion? <laughs> well, actually, um, it's it's. I think it's thirteen languages now, but it could be that more are coming. Uh, but actually, I wrote the. I was asked if I would wrote, uh, write the book, and I said no because at the time I wasn't really a winter swimmer yet myself. So I was like, "Come on, I can't write a book about something I really don't know myself." And I was just starting up my research. I've maybe been reading about brown fat for a year or something like that. And uh, I was starting to digging into the winter swimming and the whole, my theory around uh, how does cold water activate the brown fat and what is this cold water swimming? And I didn't really understand it myself because I wasn't a winter swimmer. I was rejecting the cold all the time. I was like, hey, I don't understand why you're doing this. But on a scientifically level, I think this is super interesting. What is actually going on in the body, in the brain and everywhere? Because it's every cell in your body is affected by this very potent stressor of your body. The cold is so doing so much. And at once, at, at the same time, as soon as you go into the water, this is just super interesting, whether you are winter swimmer or not. So I just looked at it as a like a research journey for me. And when I was asked to do to uh, to write the book, I was kind of convinced to do it because they were like, well, you're, you're kind of like reading all the literature anyways. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Okay then, so let's let's do a working title saying. Um, let's explore if cold plunging, ice swimming, winter swimming is more healthy, dangerous, and that became my working title because I I would I didn't care actually. I just wanted to see what actually this is doing to you. Is it healthy or is it dangerous? And that is how I started being a winter swimmer myself, because after reading all the literature and went through it again, I kind of convinced myself, I was like, I cannot find anything saying that this, this I shouldn't do this. This should be very good. If you go from physiology, uh, physiology and also look at it uh, in, on a cell level, 
I couldn't argue against it other than if you don't do it deliberately. And that is why in the book, there's quite a big section uh, about safety. Um, and I just think it's very, it's very interesting reading about the safety as well. And, and the, I think there is safety here. I think there's definitely safety to talk about. So if you do it deliberately and you do it in a safe way, uh, then winter swimming, cold plunging is uh, healthy for you. It's brilliant, yeah, because because we know it from experientially and like as winter swimmers for the last eight years, and we know with tons of our friends and community and family that like you know, cold water swimming makes us feel really good, and we can't really uh, you know, other than people ask us, oh, so what's so good about it?" Just and we just kind of go, "It makes you feel amazing," you know. I, I just feel better. <laughs> I feel like a little kid, and blah, blah blah. And like we use loads of nice adjectives and we express ourselves in really nice ways. But there's, there's been very little science to validate it. And what's wonderful about your work is it validates something that we love really, really dearly and can now articulate in a different way. So maybe if we can jump right in there and let's talk about your research, because I know it's all related to brown fat, which brown fat is the healthy fat that helps you speed up metabolism. Is that right? That is so true. Yeah, because not all people know what the brown fat is. It's kind of like a new hot topic uh, to, uh, to research in. Um, it's only been the last, I think it's now 20 years that we have uh, actually had research groups around the world uh, doing research into this healthy kind of fat. So the brown fat is the healthy fat. It is increasing our metabolism. Um, it is spending our um, excessive uh, white fat and, and glucose in, in, in the body. So it is, ex uh, it is using our uh, uh, glucose and fat in our bloodstream, while the the white fat is actually storing our our fat. So uh, white fat is storing energy, and brown fat is uh, expending energy. You can say it like that. Um, so the brown fat is a healthy tissue, which we found out about twenty years ago can increase our metabolism if we activate it. And the most potent way to activate the brown fat is by cold, um, because we have cold receptors in the skin. As soon as we get cold on the skin, there will be a direct pathway from the skin signaling directly to the brown fat and activating that. And also there was, there's a pathway going from the skin directly to the brain in the, in the temperature regulating center in the brain where norepinephrine would be released. And norepinephrine is the neurotransmitter and hormone. It's, it's both actually. So you will have a huge activation of the brown fat because on the brown fat cells you have these receptors which will then take uh, on the norepinephrine and activate the brown fat cell Why? because I do th this with my hands means that uh, the brown fat is uh, activated immediately it's like a lightning um, and it's, as soon as it does that um, it will increase your heat in your body so the main you could say purpose with brown fat is to increase your metabolism and to increase heat in your body. That is what saved us back then when we were in the, uh, the, the big ice age where we, where we were very cold and, and also the animals were very cold. So if we look back, we kind of can say that this is an organ that we have to survive uh, different temperatures. If we get too cold, the brown fat will save us immediately and before actually the muscle can save us because muscles shiver way too too uh, too too late actually compared to uh, to the brown fat. So the brown fat is our savior when it comes to temperature. So wow. it's, it's, it sounds like our central heating system, like that one's yeah. exposed to yeah, cold exactly. or hot. It the brown fat. I love that word norepinephrine. It's such a beautiful word. It, it sounds, sounds like, lovely. It sounds. I sound really smart saying it. Norepinephrine. Is, is, is it like? Is it one of those um, hormones that are that make me feel good? Like because you know the way you've got. Um, Serotonin, serotonin and oxytocin. oxytocin and those other ones which make you feel good is norepinephrine in that kind of category of a feel-good hormone. Yeah, you can definitely say that because it gives you a lot of drive, it gives you energy. And the energy is also part of feeling really good because that pushes you uh, also to be have a more positive mind. So all together, this happens all together, right? So as soon as you go into the cold water, you have an activation of not only your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight and flight mode, and there you will have the increase in norepinephrine, but you will also have an increase in serotonin and oxytocin, actually, and dopamine. Dopamine is definitely also making you feel very, very good. So when you tell your friends that this just makes us feel so good, 
it's all these uh, happiness hormones going on at the same time and norepinephrine, which gives you the energy Maybe also to say it in that way you do it. <laughs> wow, geez, that's really interesting. So, so okay, so so the brain fat, and and I I know that it, it lines the main organs in our bodies. So it's almost like it it's it's like part of the survival mechanism that I feel cold on my skin, and therefore my body, if I've got lots of brain fat, it kicks in the brain fat. It stimulates that to kind of turn on the central heating system, as it will be, and keep my heat my body from the inside out and keep my organs. Warm is that the kind of yeah. purpose of brain fat, and it releases all sorts of, as you said, it it releases neuropinephrine, which makes me feel good as well. Yeah, so so the norepinephrine is increased in your brain and also from your um, adrenal glands, uh, so as a hormone, um, and the brown fat. The purpose of the brown fat is, as you said, uh, to keep your inner organs uh, warm, so you won't get uh, hypothermic uh, from uh, just a if we didn't have the brown fat, you will re- have to rely on other systems in your body to increase your heat. So if you don't have your inner heater, your sen- your central heating system of the brown fat, then you will have to rely on your muscles. And that is why people who don't have brown fat, because not all people do, and with age, we know from science that we also lose our brown fat if we don't use it you can say if we don't tell the brown fat that we actually need it for example by going into the cold so if we don't have that much we will have to rely on another system which is our muscles so people don't who don't have brown fat um or very little brown fat they will shiver uh easily or they will feel easily cold um compared to people who have more brown fat and easier activation of the brown fat because there's probably more mitochondria in brown fat where if they, for example, have a bit, if they're cold adapted, go co-plunge or uh, just working outside actually also makes your brown fat more uh, or you boost your brown fat more. That, that, that's amazing because last week I was, it was really cold spell in Ireland, like in the last two weeks, the temperature's gone from, the sea temperature's gone from 10 degrees down to seven degrees. So it's dropped three degrees in two weeks. And last week I was walking with my dad and dad's 70. And uh, we were walking. I was saying, geez, it's really cold. It was about one degree. And uh, and he says, yeah. And he says, uh, as you get older, you feel the cold more. And like he's 30 years older than me. And that uh, must be related to he has less brown fat. Like as you get older, you said, if you don't use it, like he isn't a regular sea swimmer. In summertime, he does swim. This year was his best year. He swam more regularly. But he certainly isn't a winter sea swimmer. And brown fat, from what I understand, is unless it's a bit like muscles. If you don't use them as we get older, you lose them. And so therefore, your central heating system isn't as good as we get older. Whereas if someone does expose themselves to the cold as they get older, they might be less sensitive to the heat. Is that or less sensitive to cold? Would that be yes, true? Ex- yeah, 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 definitely. That would be true. Also, because you will, you will, it's kind of like you said with the muscles. If you don't use them, you lose them. And that's the same with the with the brown fat because the brown fat cells actually build up in a similar way as uh, muscle cells. Um, the difference is that brown fat is much much easier activated, uh, and uh, the brown f- uh, and muscle cells you can you can you have much more of course muscle cells and you can build them uh, and grow them much more than you can do with the brown fat. But the brown fat is more efficient in increasing uh, your metabolism uh, very quickly, but also very much more efficient at increasing your heat in your body. But if you get with age, as you said, you get older, you will probably not. Um, you will not, uh, you will not be able to keep your your temperature up as well as as when you were younger, and that is because you lose your muscle mass, but that's also because you lose your brown fat um, mass if you don't expose yourself to a stressor which can activate the brown fat. Um, and also, I have found out that with age, we also get less temperature receptors in the skin or I have to correct myself there. Uh, we don't get less of them. They just get less sensitive with age. That's that meaning that um, if you go into the cold, you might experience that actually uh, people getting older, they are less sensitive to uh, cold exposure and also heat exposure. They can probably sit there for longer. But I have also uh, worked a lot with uh, elderly people and they tend to 
uh, register uh, cold later than others would or, or younger pe- people would. And that's because the cold receptors in the skin has with years become less sensitive. And if they are more uh, insensitive, you can say, uh, then uh, the brown fat will also not as well get activated as when we were younger. So it might also be an age-related thing to our our temperature receptors in the skin, but it might also be because we haven't exposed ourselves in our modern society, modern lifestyle, very comfortable generation, uh, temperature-wise, um, to cold and also to heat. So extreme temperatures is what keeps our metabolism up. And that's not what we are doing uh, today. <laughs> well, it's amazing. It's a bit like David Sinclair, the Harvard longevity guy, says about it's so important to stress our, you know, our, our environment to for cold and hot, for longevity to extend our telomeres so that we actually live longer. And I guess it's exactly as you're saying, and, and exactly those old school metaphors which say use it or lose it in terms of muscles, in terms of bone density, in terms of your mind. And what you found with your research is that brown fat, which speed up our metabolism and therefore helps us stay leaner. It releases chemicals in our brain to make us feel good. It's our central heating system. And it's the same that you you can stick you. Does, does, is everyone born with a certain amount of brown fat or is, do, you, do you just kind of. And then as you get older, it disappears or do you from cold exposure? Can you expo- put more on? Is that what you're wondering? It's a bit like, like you know, the way, a bit like, you know, people go to the gym and they build big muscles. Can you do the same by lots of cold exposure? You can build lots of brown fat around your internal organs, organs and your central heating system gets better and you can go around in a t-shirt in zero degrees. Is um, You probably haven't done research on it, so I'm giving you a hypothetical question now. Well, well, actually, um, that was part of, your questions uh, that we researched in my in my studies uh, for my PhD. So we wanted to see. Um, uh, I wanted to explore if cold water could actually activate the brown fat in a way where we can increase the mass of brown fat. So we will have a larger, uh, you can say, volume of the brown fat uh, after a winter swimming season. Or would the brown fat cells in itself just get more mitochondria rich and then? be more efficient at activating and that measured on the temperature coming from the brown fat. So I was kind of like had two ways of measuring this. The one one way was to measure the mass, the volume of it um, in winter swimmers, habituated winter swimmers compared to a control group. They were matched on age and gender and, and on fitness level and yeah, all sorts of things. So they were pretty equal, these two groups, as, as good as I, I could do that. Um, and uh, we we actually saw we that the winter swimmers had more uh, activation in the brown fat, and they were more comfortable in the cold. They were physically warmer than the control group as well. And when I then looked into uh, our blood samples, we could also see that not only had this group more efficient brown fat cells and increased more heat in the body when activated they could defend the core temperature better, but they also had a lower insulin levels in their blood uh, at fasting levels. So this was at rest, and I measured this uh, over multiple days. So we just saw that they uh, they have less production of insulin, meaning that they are more insulin sensi- sensitive. Um, they also had a better way uh, of keeping their uh, glucose balanced, meaning that they could actually, if they drink sugar, they could get rid of the sugar in the bloodstream quicker than the control group could. And we kind of, we actually tested this directly, had them drink sugar and to see how fast their metabolism is. And we saw that uh, the winter swimmers were actually faster at getting rid of the sugar in the bloodstream. So it kind of like proves that they could actually, uh, you can buy winter swimming um, only two to three times per week and in total, 11 minutes in total, so not at one time, but divided on two to three days, you can increase your metabolism. So, and this is like, you also alternate with the sauna. So if you go into the sauna, uh, 57 minutes per week, also divided on two to three days. So not in total, but divided on two to three days. So it is. So with this... So, mm-hmm. so it really is both like on the, the the cold exposure stimulates the brown fat, which speeds up your metabolism. It helps your central, your heating system in a sense. It keeps you kind of, you know, it, it tends to 
help lots of health markers and make you feel good. So that's the brown fat and the cold. And then on the other side of your research, and you said it was 11 minutes over two to three times a week. And then in the other extreme, it was hot. You were using, like you being in Denmark and Danish being wonderful sauna. They have an incredible sauna culture. Um, the sauna is the other part of the equation which you found really beneficial. And was that for brown fat as well? Like sauna was very good for brown fat. Yeah, so actually it's it's for it's it's for many things actually because what you what you do when you jump into the cold water is not only activating the brown side you're activating a lot of things many systems in your body but for increasing of uh, the metabolism that's definitely what is going on but you also activate your muscle cells so we don't we we also should acknowledge that this is also because at some point especially if you are new you will have shivering in your muscles also when you are adapted even though you can't see the shivering it's just because that the cells are just so sensitive to cold and very efficient at increasing your temperature and defending your core temperature that you don't uh, you can say uh, see the, the shivering, but that that will be small shivering and definitely. But so uh, so what is going on in the cold is actually also going on in the heat. So we actually also know that the brown fat is activated in the heat, and it's a bit counterintuitive. Um, I know that, but when you go into the heat and your heat receptors or temperature receptors in the skin sense the heat, that will also activate your brown fat. Well, and what is the because te- I know. Uh... In the last year where we swim in Greystones down at the Cove, a friend, Steve Crosby, started a fad sale sauna, sauna right opposite where we swim. So I'd say at least twice a week we go to the sauna and it's wonderful. It's overlooking the sea. You can watch the sunrise and it's beautiful. And it's usually somewhere between 85 and 100 degrees, something like that. That's that's a typical sauna temperature. Is that what temperatures you used in your study? Was that around that? It was around that, yeah. So 80, 80 degrees Celsius was uh, the 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 temperature around that. Um, so not up to, not a hundred, but between 80 and 90. Um, and in Denmark, we are starting to have a sauna culture. I wouldn't say that we have always had that, uh, but we are kind of like boring the, 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 the Finnish sauna culture and combining that with the German culture. So I find it very fascinating to observe the, how we are mixing these two kind of sauna cultures and then making our own out of it. I think it's fantastic. That's also how they did it in, in Japan, for example, right? They caught this up from the Finnish people in, in Australia, actually. And then they have kind of like developed their own uh, way of doing sauna in, in Japan. So so we also, I think we are inspired by many countries, but definitely the Scandinavian way of winter swimming, That's we have done that forever in Denmark. Uh, and uh, I, I'm happy that we can now use the heat as well because... From a, a scientist's point of view, it is healthy. So increasing your, um, activating your uh, heat stress syndra- uh, system in your body will increase the heat shock proteins in your cells. And this is super good because when you do that, it will repair the cells. It will repair the cells and make them stronger for next time. And when you do that, they live longer. And when they live longer, you live longer. So this is also due to the homesis in the cells. Um, homesis is the healthy kind of stress because when we stress our body with short time uh, stress, acute stress, when we go into the cold water, that is the most potent one. But also when you sit in the sauna and you sit there for a short amount of time, you will have a healthy increase of stress in your cells. But if you stay there too long in the water, but also in the sauna, you can exhaust the cells. And when you do that, you will age the cells before time. So it's kind of like finding the sweet spot in between that. And it seems like uh, the results that we got from uh, my research, uh, we can call it the sweet spot, but it's kind of like uh, uh, activating the, the brown fat and activating the cells in the body, but not overdoing it. So if you divide the 11 minutes out on the week and also the 57 minutes of heat on out on the week, you can get down to one to two minutes in in the in the water uh, at a time. And also when you then alternate to the sauna, you only have to stay there between 10 and 15 minutes. And it's enough actually to get the healthy stress. 
It's kind of like a good example of life like that <laughs> to build resilience. It's about that delicate balance of pushing yourself enough where you're still enjoying it and presence and not pushing yourself too much where you're into self-flagellation or beating yourself up. And it sounds like it's the same with that body or with, with our bodies uh, in general. It's about finding that sweet spot where we're, there's st- we, we can still be present and we can still enjoy it, but we're not kind of passing that threshold into, into doing ourselves damage. And we find that we find that uh, like uh, when we swim in the sea and then go in the sauna afterwards, you almost feel drunk. Like there's a slightly euphoric kind of feeling which happens when you're when you like on Saturday we did it and we were thirty minutes in the sauna, thirty minutes in the sauna, and then went straight into the sea after. And there was like you really just it takes the sting out of you, and you're definitely um, a far more compliant. You person. walk home almost like you smoked a joint. Like there's this feeling of just total like ah oh, nothing, nothing's gonna get in my way today. I just feel like <laughs> I am gonna take the bait today. I should be fine. So it it tends to release those like norepinephrine. Is that the, that's the cold one? And I suppose with the, the the combination of cold and heat, is there some perfect smorgasbord of hormones released in your brain that make you feel really good? Is that yeah, exactly. There's the, there is the release of norepinephrine and dopamine. It's all like it's it's doing kind of like the same thing, but at a different time and at different levels. You can say if you go into the cold, you because the cold is so potent, and when you dip yourself your body into the cold water, you will have a full activation immediately <laughs> all over your body, and everything will be alert. So you will have this increase in norepinephrine uh, up to. 2.5 up to 5x uh, above baseline, but also in dopamine, you will have an increase of uh, 2.5x immediately as soon as you go into the water and within minutes you will have a peak of that. And that is like comparable to uh, smoking cigarettes and comparable, to, I think, to cocaine as well, but without like crashing on the floor <laughs> uh, right after because when you when you have this increase, it will last for hours. Mm, yeah, a friend was saying about a study, uh, he he must have been reading similar research where he was saying that the cold can be the equivalent of of cocaine, but it'll last longer than actual a cocaine hit because you'll get whatever way the dopamine levels or the hormone levels will sustain longer than uh, cocaine. That's the, uh, Yeah, exactly. I can't quote the research or anything, but uh, it was an anecdotal <laughs> conversation on the beach with a friend. <laughs> but, you know, it's a... It's a you will have the activation of these heat shock proteins in your cells when you go into the heat. You will also have an activation of these heat shock proteins when you go into the cold. We can just call them stress proteins and they are different in the heat and they're different in the cold, but you will have kind of activation of different kinds and this will build your cells stronger and repair the cells, uh, the homesis that I just talked about. Um, but when you when you do both things, you will have different health benefits, but also these will be com- uh, complementary and overlapping. So you will have the best of two worlds, if you ask me. And uh, that is why I think that it's, it's, if possible for people, they should combine this in a way. If not on the same day, then if they can do it on separate days or during the week, that is also good enough. So if people are not able to get their way into a sauna, they can get the heat exposure in other ways. And I could suggest just getting hot in some way. It could be hot yoga. That's, that is also just activating your, 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 your heat receptors, your temperature receptors. It could also be a sauna blanket. It could also be um, infrared sauna. But as long as you get this heat stress response going, then you have activated your, your metabolism and you will have these increase and also in, in happiness hormones in your, in your body especially if you go into the cold. So a cold dip in the sea or a cold dip in a plunge. Yeah, because I remember we were with a friend in Iceland and we went in May and it was snowing uh, in Iceland. And I remember it was like a Friday evening and he said, we're, we're going to go to the pool. And I was like, Friday evening, going to the pool. Okay, cool. And we went to the pool and it was this, it was like <laughs> they have these warm pools and they had like a four degree plunge pool and a zero degree plunge pool. And then there was a hot sauna and then there was a hot pool. And it was just like, I'd never been to a pool where you could expose yourself to different water temperatures. And I remember feeling like a giddy little teenager that was drunk for the first time, just running around going, oh, this is so much fun. (laughs) And it was snowing outside. It was like, it was the first time I experienced how if you can put yourself through different varying temperatures, your body literally is just buzzed up and you feel similar to, to drinking alcohol or taking some other substances. You can feel really euphoric and just really grateful and present. Yep. Exactly. And I cannot, 
I totally envy you that that experience because I haven't really tried the different kind of temperatures going all yeah going from dif- different pools to another pool to another pool. But I think I'm gonna try that when I go to Iceland next year. So I've been invited for a talk there. I'm very much looking forward to that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same in Budapest. I've uh, they, they've obviously yeah. got the famous baths there, and I'm I'm big into baths, so I've traveled to lots of different places to go to baths. Like my wife sometimes buys gifts where we go to places for baths, and we're in Budapest, and there's full of different. There's lots of old bathhouses there where they've lots of different temperature pools again. Oh, and fantastic! And it definitely feels. And good. what happens on a physiological level there when you do get the hotter? It's it's typical dopamine goes up, serotonin goes up, and oxytocin. They're the kind of three main hormones that. Make help feel the body good. feel good. Is that what's pretty much happening? On and, then, con- and then if you do feel good, it probably means that like when you do feel good, like oxytocin being your connection hormone, you're probably your your um, ability to make friendships. Yeah, but, well, that will increase, but also your whole immune system. Like, you know, when you feel good, your immune system is going to be better. So therefore your healing improves and therefore so many aspects of health improve, including your relationships, I'd imagine. Yeah. So um, I recently discovered that when you when you go into cold because I'm I'm about to I'm starting writing my or actually finishing my next book and the, one of the things that I wanted to explore more was what is going on in the community uh, so the the connection between people when they go into cold and when they use the sauna is very special and I, you just talked about that so I just uh, <laughs> just took the opportunity now to 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 tell you what I have been researching uh, lately and I find something something that I find very interesting because people talk about this connection. We couldn't really explain it um, on a, physio- a physiological level. So I looked it up and not really that surprisingly, it's about oxytocin. So oxytocin is our love hormone um, and it's connecting people as well. Uh, but what I wanted to find out is exactly what is actually going on when we go into the cold. What? It, why is it that is this scenery of going into the cold water and going into the sauna makes this special bond between people? Because, I mean, we can get an increase in serotonin in other ways as well, but people don't get like uh, silly socially uh, in, in that in, in that regard. <laughs> so I looked it up and what I found was that it actually activates the brown fat as well. Uh, and when going into the cold, that activates uh, the oxytocin. So when we go into the cold water, it activates uh, oxytocin and that activates also the brown fat. So you will have not only an increase in oxytocin, but you also get warmer. And as soon as you get warmer physically, but also emotionally, this will bond people. Uh, and also because they have this experience together, they survive something together, right? So it's not about anything else than just being humans out there. So it's about what's chemically going on in the brain. At at the same time, there's an experience connecting people together about survival. And if people try this extreme, um, you can say extreme experience together, this will connect them. And this is just an, you can say, an explanation what is going on in the brain, what's going on in the body that will connect people. So I think that the activation of the brown fat and uh, the from the oxytocin together and and with the experience of of uh, surviving this extreme thing together is what connects people and explains why people feel so connected as soon as they go out winter swimming together or going to the sauna together and do both things. Uh, yeah, because it's been amazing. We noticed that um like as I said, we've been kind of doing it daily for eight years swimming in the sea and. During COVID, it kind of almost like it took just such a surge because obviously we were all separated and socially isolated in many degrees. But there was, and people were looking for connection. And it seemed like we just noticed in our, the, the town where we live in, in Greystones, there was a massive surge in people swimming in the sea. Like it's, it's over the last couple of years, it's really like it's, it's become from where it was a fringe thing to now it's normal. Like people, people are swimming all day long. Like anytime you go past the beach, there's, there's, you're bound to see a number of people swimming and groups of people swimming. And we've certainly found in our own experience that um, just the friendships that are forged. Like you don't typically even, you don't really know the people. Like we found that we didn't really know the people we were swimming with. You know, we obviously have over the years, but when we first started swimming together, we didn't really know what they did or what, did they have families or where they lived or any of these things. But you forged these, like you almost like fused these friendships because as you said, your brain is flushed with all these chemicals and hormones. You feel incredible. 
and these connections just get formed where you feel really familiar, you feel very close. And you survived, I think what you said there was really spot on. You survived this kind of stressful situation together. So you immediately have this shared experience with which to connect over. Exactly. I think also if you if we look at the TV, I think there's been a lot of like TV programs where people go into like extreme things and try all sorts of uh, yeah, extreme uh, experiences together. I kind of like noticed that that also bonds people and they become friends for many years or maybe always afterwards. And it goes beyond the program afterwards because they have this very special experience together. So uh, the survival thing is just, it connects us as humans. And I think that is also what happens when we go into the cold water, because even though we know that we are safe doing it, the body reacts as if we are not. So we could immediately connect to the people that kind of was there witnessing that we actually survived. That survival, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Because because uh, uh, like every morning I go down and most of the times, I, like I'd say nine times out of 10, I don't really feel like it. You know, it's like I don't, I'm not looking forward to it. You know, it's cold. It doesn't feel natural. And then the same people, we get in every day and you come out as if it's a complete surprise. You're like, oh my God, it feels incredible. It's like, well, you did this yesterday and you did it the day before and you know that's <laughs> going to happen. Like, why do you always have this ridiculous kind of feeling of euphoria? And it's a shock and it's a surprise. And I guess it is this survival thing, something that you just, you can't wrap your hand, head around until it actually happens. You know, it just... And similarly in the sauna, I've noticed that the sauna, it's a reasonably small space, but... When we were growing up, you used to go to the pub and you'd all sit in like kind of a snug or a little area together and you'd all chat and it'd be great buzz and excitement. And the sauna is this lovely kind of almost perfectly sized space that it's intimate, but there's enough room that you're not on top of each other that you can have great conversations. And it's often like you're in the sauna with different groups of people. So you 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 tend to chat and have these awkward conversations that can lead into really nice, like more intimate conversations. And it's, ah, oh, I'm loving it. It's like going to the pub. A different version of going to the pub. <laughs> it's a different wor- version, absolutely. I think that it's not, it's not only connecting. Um, I, I think that exactly what you said, it's it's connecting people in the sauna and you start this awkward sometimes conversations and sometimes it's just very fluently and very natural and it's just about stuff that everybody knows. It's just a place where people can just be themselves, be humans. Uh, I don't know if they can just be themselves. They can just be a version of themselves that they want to be. And it's just being human. But I also think that the connection goes inwards. So it's not only a connection going outwards to other people. I think that sitting there also just having a moment for yourself is also a way of like be praise life and just being very grateful that you are there. That is what I sometimes experience when I sit there. Sometimes I just want to talk. Sometimes I just want to sit there and just reflect a bit. And it also increases my connection with myself. So it's not only a love towards other people and, and going outwards. I think it increases my uh, love for myself um, and being grateful, grateful for, you, you can say, your life and the people around you. But sitting there in the sauna, I think it can definitely connect to other people, but it can also connect to yourself. That's beautiful. I really, really like that. Um, and have you found over the last couple of years that there's a massive rise in terms of pockets of swimmers and communities? And do you see like in writing the book, do you see that there's like it? it's not a, a, a it, it's very much a community based that there's a group of people swim together. And have you seen that in your research that it's it's usually a social activity and groups and and on the rise? Because social accountability is so important because on your own, it's hard to go embrace the cold. But when you do it together, it suddenly becomes achievable and seems fun. It's like, come on, let's do it together. Yeah. You know, let's help each other do it. Because on your own, it's like, I don't want to do it. It's cold. I'm not doing it. You know that way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if we just go back eight years, because that's where I started this research, I needed to find out why do people do this together? So that's kind of like why the question arised around what is actually connecting people in this. And then I didn't really understand it until maybe the last year or so. So, um, but... Doing this together is definitely a reason why people go also. So as you said, you, you kind of don't want to go if you go alone. It's also not safe. I always say that people should go together because it, it something could happen and you can get dizzy from going into the water because it decreases your blood flow to the brain and that makes you a bit confused and maybe also dizzy so you could faint. So going together is also a safety thing, but it's also because it actually motivates you to go. 
it's kind of like if if I promise this person that we will go to this very extreme thing and I bail out, then I am I'm destroying this very, very good thing, right? So you kind of like have to have a swim body. And that is also what I put in the book. Why is it good uh, to keep this habit? And the habit will be better kept if you have swim bodies. So maybe just one or two, and then you just hook up with the club. If you can sign yourself up, could take years to get into a club, right? But if you can do that, that is not only good because you get to know to uh, people, you get to know people, but you also have this connection with people which will decrease loneliness. And one of the things that I write about in the book is also why loneliness is a big killer in this world. So we know that when people lose their um, their wife or uh, husband uh, late in life, there is a high risk actually of uh, dying uh, shortly after. And that is because people get very lonely. So it's not, it's of course not only when you are late in life, but it's also just generally that when you lose someone or you don't have a very big social uh, group around you, you don't have much family even, maybe you don't feel that you have many friends or the friends you have you don't feel connected to, then going into a, a, a social, you can call it a sport or activity, but being um, a winter swimmer, cold plunger, and having this community would definitely give you that in some sort of way. Maybe not the first time you come, but if you go a few times, you will immediately, uh, not immediately, but in a few times when you see people there, you will connect with them, and then this will start to grow. And these communities will just pop up, not not always in a club, but just on the beach or just, uh, yeah, in, in, in where you... Yeah, wherever you, you go and take your plant. Yeah, ours is certainly not a club. It's not a formal club, but it's very much a community. You know, there's... We and swim at sunrise the... every day at the Cove. Um, and, you know, we'll celebrate each other's birthdays and we'll celebrate tomorrow's winter solstice. Yeah. yeah tomorrow's and then the we're, we're singing carols on the 24th. Yeah, no, there's lots of crazy things emerge and it's lovely and it really, Fantastic. It really, really is. And, and what about for anyone who's listening here and goes, that's great for all you people that live by the sea. Lucky you guys, you can go do it and you can swim in the cold water. But what about people who kind of go, well, I live in the middle of the country and I'm nowhere near the sea and there's no lakes and there's no rivers, but this sounds interesting. I'd love a bit of that brown fat stuff and I'd love a bit of those oxytocin and norepinephrine and those things that make me feel good. What can I do? Do I just, do I have to fill the bath full of ice and jump in that? Can I have a cold shower? What's the story there? I've seen friends with chest freezers that they open up the chest freezers and they get yeah, in. Yeah, no. A little bit that's extreme. Pretty extre- that's, you definitely need an accountability buddy for that. That wouldn't yeah. be one you'd want to get up to in a cold <laughs> December morning and ju- I'm just going to go get in the freezer, love. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I think it's a good question and people do ask me that a lot. Um, I think that if you don't have the sea and you don't have a lake or open water and somehow, you can find the cold experience in other ways. Uh, just like I mentioned with the with the heat, it's about getting it's about getting these extreme temperatures in some way. Of course, the protocol for that is going to be different because people are different, uh, different body composition, different ages, and different uh, also men and women. That's it's very different how much you can cold dip, but it's also different if you want to go into a cold shower. But you can definitely do that. And also get this increase in in the norepinephrine by going into a cold shower. So you will get energy, you will get the drive, and it's very good to take a cold shower to get that immediately like fear of the cold away. But you don't get cold adapted like going into uh, submerge yourself uh, in in cold water up to the neck. So it's kind of be it's it's two different ways of using the cold the cold shower compared to um, cold immersion. Both ways will activate the brown fat. So that is very important to say. So if you just want to activate the brown fat, cold showers are great, but you'll get more activation if you go into the cold uh, cold immersion in, into a top. So tops just mentioned that. You can use a top. You can use a, an old freezer uh, just to be aware that don't electrocute you, yourself. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but you can also buy these very fancy uh, tops that uh, that are rising everywhere. Uh, you can buy these. Okay, what what are the last kind of things which I'd love to talk to you about? And this was okay. So we talked about neuropinephrine, a new word which I love and I feel really smart when I say it. We've talked about serotonin. <laughs> we've talked about oxytocin, oxytocin and, dopamine. and dopamine. So four hormones that make you feel really good. It's great. I feel really smart being able to say them all. And I'm just thinking that. Swimming the sea on a daily basis, it releases it releases most of these hormones to some capacity, and as you said, it like to some degree it releases the equivalent of a cocaine hit in terms of feel good hormones, and it'll sustain.
staying longer. And my question is, I wonder with consistently like cold exposure, whatever the consistency, I don't know necessarily the exact dosage, but swimming in the sea on a regular basis and exposing yourself to the cold, will it expand your capacity for happiness? Because you're consistently, your body's releasing these hormones at quite high levels. This is not something that has been researched or anything, uh, but I would say that uh, we know that people do get happier uh, and do feel better uh, also because of serotonin, and which stands for the mental balance. Uh, and we, ha- when we have that on a regular basis activated and released in our body, we do feel uh, happier for this amount of time. And also, uh, if you didn't take an average of that, then people would say, I feel great when I do the cold brunch and I go into the sauna. I feel great in this community. So yeah, I do think that you you kind of like shift the baseline for happiness when you go out and on a regular basis. So two to three times a week, I think that is like very doable for people um, or just at least one time per week. So it doesn't have to be two or three times if you are not able to go. But I think as soon as you can just go one times a week, I think it would definitely, you, you can say, increase your bar for, for happiness. I think that's amazing because I think everyone kind of wants to feel better. Fair. Well, I haven't met anyone that doesn't really want to yet, but maybe <laughs> there are people out there. But like in, the fact in, that these simple well, things... One thing that curi- I'm curious is that often I'll get a feeling of gratitude, like that swimming in cold yeah. water is like swimming, bathing in gratitude. And I'll come out and I'll suddenly feel, wow, and maybe I'm grateful because I've survived a stressful situation, that it's a natural biological response. And and I can, you know, logically understand that. But what's actually happening in terms of the body's feeling of greater gratitude? Is it largely due to surviving the cold water? Is there any other... Actually, Stephen, it's neuropinephrine, it's it's dopamine, it's serotonin, and it's oxytocin. No, I'm only joking. (laughs) I'm only being smart. I think it's a really good question, and I think that um, we can maybe go back to the to also the the talk about the sitting in the sauna and feeling very grateful, and 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 I think that the gratitude thing actually comes from the release of oxytocin uh, in in the body and in the brain, because that is the connection that you get with yourself, with others, and also when you do that, when you have this increase, you will feel more connected also to life. You will reflect in a way where you feel grateful. So I think it's actually because of like oxytocin, but you have so many hormones and so many uh, neuro uh, brain chemicals going on. So you will have that uh, also because of, of the other uh, brain chemicals. But oxytocin is probably the main factor for this. And that's the one that's released during sex that makes you kind of feel that connection with a partner if you're having sex. So it's the same kind of, maybe it's the gratitude or there's some kind of deeper divine aspect to it yeah I'm afterwards not, yeah yeah in some <laughs> yeah. circumstances I'm not saying in all circumstances but <laughs> um, uh, this has been great really good and I know I know you've like as you said safety is so important in terms of um, cold exposure and heat exposure and all this and I know like your book is one resource which is wonderful and it's in 13 languages and it's It's called Winter Swimming. It's called Winter Swimming. The Nordic way towards a healthier, happier life. It really is and it's beautiful. It really is. The photos are wonderful. And I know you've also kind of taken it to the next level and gone, okay, well, if people can't find the book, there's actually a course to hold their hand and actually make sure they're doing it in a safe way so that no one is getting hurt or doing it wrong. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I have um, started the Suburg Institute so I wanted to do a school, an online school for people, because I was asked by so many people how to do this uh, in a healthy way and also to do it in a safe way. At first, I was like, well, isn't it really obvious? But I kind of like both see now on social media that it is not really that easy to do and people maybe don't know how to do it. And uh, that is why I wanted to do this course where I teach people how to use coat and heat and also functional breathing because breathing is definitely a big part of all this and big part of my research, how to breathe during stress. So I want to teach people how to stress up to stress down uh, in this health journey that I have made a course for and it's online and it will be ready in January, end of January. If you go to uh, superginstitute.com, you will find the Thermalist Cure and it's a three-week course. And uh, actually, maybe we should uh, give your audience a, a discount, actually. For going, yeah, brilliant. For going sure, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 so you can have maybe 10% uh, and uh, I don't know what the code should be. Call it yeah, the happy pair. Just the happy pair. The happy pair, exactly. Yeah, very, yeah. Easy, very straightforward. 10% if yeah, you want to brilliant. go and have a safety course and also a lot of introduction into what happens in your body and how to do it. 
So practical and um, you can say information videos on how to do this. Uh, this has been lovely, Susanna. It really, really has. Really refreshing and so lovely to get, you know, science behind something which is such a wonderful aspect of our life to kind of understand it a little bit more. And I think you are really doing such incredible work to share the message of these simple things of cold water therapy and, and saunas. Sauna. You know, sauna, like those two wonderful gifts, I think, and the benefit they're doing to people. I think it's really driving positive change really, really is. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are cordially invited to join us for a swim any day at sunrise and that's right of the country. Yeah. Yeah. That's but yeah, I think it's, it's generally been a gift that has transformed our lives and something that we didn't really see happening. And I think Susanna articulated so incredibly well just the why behind it. Yeah. We'll up and say it was great. We love it. Feel good. But like she really yeah, broke we, down why, what's happened We could hit you with a whole lot of positive energy of why swimming in the sea or why cold exposure is wonderful and put 1500 different adjectives about why it's great. But it was lovely to hear her clinical research and to hear how beneficial it was. So um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed that. And her I guess book the is really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. is, really is. And the brown fat, the research about the brown fat and why it's really beneficial for your metabolism, for your insulin resistance, for releasing lots of norepinephrine and Whee! serotonin and dopamine and... Neuropinephrine, uh, neuropinephrine. And oxytocin, yes. Oxytocin, the sex and connection hormone. Uh, releasing all those in your brain which make you feel good. And quite likely to increase your capacity for happiness. I really, really do like and that. And that's, that's been my own experience. Both, both, if you can do the both together, even you get a 2x. At yeah. least in our limited experience. And possibly, anyway, we're going to shut up now, we're waffling. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you do want help to become healthier and happier, check out our membership platform, which yeah. is like an ecosystem where we've got courses, we've got yoga, we've got recipes, we've got... Community, community. we do live events and we do the full nine yards, so do check it out. And if you're looking for barefoot shoes, I'm going to try out the new year with some uh, barefoot shoes. Vivo is what we've worn for the last six years. We absolutely love them. They're brilliant. And you can get a 15% discount with... Uh, happy pair 15 use that code on checkout so. happy pair 15 yep so thanks Mel wishing you a wonderful day ahead mind yourself bye 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 see you bye thanks bye 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 bye